Hello and welcome to Tangentia, the show that isn't afraid to take the side entrance to everything pop culture. My name is Leo Delgadillo and I'm joined by my co-host Jason Pirro. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good today, Leo, and that was a wonderful intro. I like that. Oh, it was thank very, you. Uh, yeah, very theatrical and like, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, very professional. I liked it. That was good. Yeah, that was his All first the... take, by the way, people. He just, just no, no rehearsals, no nothing over here. Just right off the bat, he's he's amazing. Thank you. Well, this is our first episode, um, and I'm very excited for this. It's really, you know, the show itself is really about the journey, not so much the destination, and I feel like that kind of defines how this show even came to be. It was much about the journey and not the end destination. <laughs> yes, definitely took a bit just to figure out like what we even were going to do. And um, yeah, that was fun in itself, though. And uh, it could evolve as we go, but um, yeah. we'll see what happens. I think, we're, I think we're in a good place right now <laughs> to make this work. Yeah, and, and as I said, it's really a show that is about kind of taking the side entrance to everything pop culture. So we want to make sure that it's not the same kind of hashed over topics. Again, we want to give you something new. And each episode, I'll be covering a topic and really telling Jason for the first time about this topic and everything that we're going to explore and go on the tangents that it allows. But he really has no clue what I'm going to tell him and anything at all. I'm excited. I have no idea what Leo is going to talk about. Yeah, I know very little about pop culture. I don't I don't know what to tell. I don't know in a television. I don't know what that is. Yeah. So let's you know let's let's start there and then we'll see where we go. I assume this is a book about books, right? This part. Yes. 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 Actually, when I did book reports, I did the series of unfortunate events as a kid because there was thirteen of them. So I knew I had a book report. Each time I could just do the next book because they were like (laughs) one hundred fifty pages and there was like thirteen of them. First question for you. Did you ever win an award as a kid or for like a little league sport? Like what award did you get when you were a youngin, a young Jason Pirro? I didn't do any sports. Like I played like stuff with my friends, but I didn't do any leagues or anything. I was, uh, I I didn't like authority. <laughs> I didn't want to actually like do anything, do any like ba- things where I'd have to show up. So I didn't win any awards on the athletic side. Um, I feel like at one point, like Bill Clinton sent all the kids a letter because they, they read a lot. So I feel like I had that. The Bill Clinton Award for reading too Bill much. Clinton Award for reading too much. I did win second place in a spelling bee twice, and I lost to the same fucking kid both years. <laughs> I think it was seventh and eighth grade. He got me both times, and it was really frustrating. What um, was the word? Oh god, I have no idea. I was. I'm sure it's something I still can't even spell to this day. <laughs> it leads to my second question. Do you know what's required for an egot? I think I do. I think. Um, it's four things. It's only limited to <laughs> that <certain> is, people. <laughs> You've gotten to the bare minimum. It it's is four, four things. It's four. No, I know this. It's it's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Is that yes. it? Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. That's exactly it. Can you name anyone who's won an EGOT? Um, I could be making this up. I'm just going to throw people out that are like old and famous that I think maybe have it. <laughs> I think the lady from West Side Story has an EGOT. Rita Moreno? Rita Moreno has an EGOT, I think. She does. Oh my God! Yes. Did I win the podcast? Is you that... won the podcast. This is actually the episode. <laughs> this is the over. award. This is where this is where I win the, the new award. Yes. You really you really undersold it as you came in. You're like, uh, I don't know. It's four things, and then you pick out like the least known because the other people who I had were John Legend, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, infamously, and then wow. Mel Brooks. Um, okay. And there's been a couple other people, but you know, you went with the obscurest. <laughs> yeah. Well, today we're not talking about egots, and we're not talking about Emmy. 
Grammys, Oscars, or Tonys. We're talking about the awkward stepchild of Hollywood's award season, the Golden Globes. First off, I want to go back and just tell you how actors decided to start giving each other awards. The first film awards were the Oscars back in 1929. They covered the previous two years. Do you know the first Oscar winner, like the first Best Picture winner? Something I imagine that's inappropriate today. (laughs) Something, something that's terrible now. 1929 was a long time ago. It, it actually isn't. It's pretty interesting. So the first Best Picture winner was this movie called Wings, which was one of the first movies to show two men kissing and oh. was one of the first widely released films to show nudity. It seems very progressive for a 1929 yeah. movie. I know. That's I know insane. you were expecting jazz singer or (laughs) (laughs) something very offensive um so the awards were presented by the academy of motion picture arts and sciences an organization who uh you probably heard of them to according to the academy was to benefit the film industry but while we talked about their progressive film choices it was actually an effort to kill the growing unionization happening in hollywood at the time uh so the reason they gave it was because lewis mayer one of the guys who started mgm was freaking out because hollywood crews like the set bill cameramen started forming unions and he realized that soon directors and actors and writers who were much more expensive would start unionizing as well so the whole award wait so they made the award show to to do this that i missed did i mishear that you did not mishear this mayor and some other guys create and some other like you know big wig corporate dudes created the academy of motion picture arts and sciences for actors directors writers and producers and told them if they joined the, if they joined that their working conditions would improve and they'd get to be part of this super elite group what a bunch of sketchy fucks. Oh, man. The awards were a way of legitimizing the whole deal. The history of the Oscars is something that is extremely interesting, and how that whole thing grew I think is very interesting. But the Golden Globes is kind of even crazier than the Oscars. Ooh, do tell. So the Golden Globes were started in 1944 at the height of World War II by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. You probably have heard the Hollywood Foreign Press. In my head, it's just like <laughs> a bunch of people like, like with old-timey cameras taking photos of celebrities. Yeah, it's just everyone in a top hat and coattails <laughs> taking pictures. Yes. If, you, if you go on the Golden Globes website, the official description says, and, and I feel like now that it's the, the, the old-timey, I'm just hearing it in that old, like, the Golden Globes were started in 1944. The 40s. Hollywood Foreign Press, eh? <laughs> okay, the official description says that today's organization has its roots in early 1940s when Pearl Harbor had drawn America into World War II. Amid the turmoil of war and the difficulties with communications, a handful of Los Angeles-based overseas journalists banded together to share contacts, information, and material. That makes it sound so heroic. It really does. In 1943, led by the correspondent for Britain's Daily Mail, they formed the Hollywood Foreign, Correspond- Hollywood Foreign Correspondents Association and conceived the motto, Unity Without Discrimination of Religion or Race. The kind of call out there is how they're kind of name-dropping Pearl Harbor to like, get yeah. some... Yeah. It seems like a very heroic endeavor. Like, they're doing us a favor for putting this together, <laughs> basically. <laughs> it's like, there was Pearl Harbor happening, but there were also movies. Yeah, you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> So I know you've heard the name, but I think the one thing that's important is what the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is. It's about 90 foreign journalists who live in Southern California, and the membership can never go above 100 people. What? To put so that it's, in like the Illumina- it's like the Illuminati, basically. <laughs> it it's is, like a very it is, secret society. It's the film Illuminati. To put that in perspective, the Academy, which votes for the Oscars, is about 8,500 people. And here's the last part. 
They're all relatively unknown. There is no published list of their members anywhere, but Vulture tried compiling a list and when they found it, it ranged from respected journalists to a Russian bodybuilder to this one guy who played Gandhi on Star Trek Voyager. Wait, so there's no like specific like qualifying like things or anything in order to be like a Hollywood foreign press person. So there are there are. This is their specific rules. You have to work for a foreign publication but be based in Southern California publish at least four articles in a foreign publication, provide proof that you've been paid for those articles, and then pay a $500 initiation fee. So you're telling me that somewhere in Southern California, there is a Russian person (laughs) who wrote articles for Russian bodybuilding magazine monthly, (laughs) and that now is responsible for giving out awards for like for the nation's biggest films i'm just imagining a russian bodybuilder going in to see lady bird he's like the movie was very good i don't even know how to do a russian act (laughs) that works yeah i don't know what russian is but that's i'm sure that 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 matches but i'm just imagining like the russian bodybuilder writing about the mother-daughter dynamic and oh my that's so weird though that it's and it's only 100 people they can make a movie just about that person one of the tastemakers so to speak (laughs) for cinematic favorites across the globe So the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, they have the four requirements. The last piece about it is that on their website, the HFPA, which I'm going to abbreviate them to the HFPA. I feel like I've done enough with them that I can make it the HFPA. You're buds with them. So the HFPA has said that each year our members interview more than 400 actors, directors, writers, and producers, as well as reporting from film sets and seeing more than 300 films. I just want to break that down for you. So they have 90 members, which means that each person interviews about five actors a year and watches three movies. Also, you're assuming that everybody's doing this equally, and if anybody's ever worked on a science project when they were a child or anything else, (laughs) you know that there is one person in there that's not doing anything. Yeah. Let's get a bit more into the actual ceremony. So the first Golden Globes ceremony was actually just basically a catered lunch in 1944 held on the 20th Century Fox lot, and it grew from there. This year, it's being hosted by Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, but it went from a small little little luncheon at the 20th Century Fox lot and just blossomed. I, I like the idea of seeing it as a, like a little luncheon, though. Like currently, like you just see like the best <laughs> pictures. And it's like Robert Downey Jr. and they're all just like at an Applebee's. That'd be fun. It's 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 like that. It's like a high scale Dundee's from the Office with just <laughs> yes. a better guest list. Exactly. <laughs> well, let's go into some of the traditions about it and more about the actual ceremony of itself. So one of the traditions and one of my favorite traditions is the Golden Globe Ambassador. Since 1971, there's been the selection of the Miss or Mister Golden Globe, which later turned into the Golden Globe Ambassadors, who's the son or daughter of a celebrity who assists in the ceremony. Is it somebody that won or somebody that's, it's not even somebody that's... It is a celebrity's child. So essentially, imagine when you were growing up, they were going to say the principal wants a helper and all the parents are going to fight for their kid to be the principal's helper. Their job is to sit backstage, hold the trophies, and walk the other celebrities off stage after they finish their speech. I don't know. I guess it's like a nice way to get your foot in the door if you're a kid of like Meryl Streep or something. But I feel like that's probably, you probably already passed that. I feel like I, if I want to be in the filmmaking business, like I should be able to like... Like volunteer to do that job it shouldn't be like this is just me being mad about my own success in there, but, like, but um but yeah there's no reason we have to it's like oh we're giving everybody awards and also everybody on the crew uh, we didn't hire real people we just hired everybody's relatives so current requirements are that you have to either be you have to be both the child of celebrity and be active on social media famous ambassadors in the past have included freddie prince jr uh dakota johnson and laura dern 
It's something where Dakota Johnson and her mom, when her mom was a child, both were Golden Globe ambassadors. It's like a family thing. Um, this is so weird. It, it's even it's getting more culty the more you talk about it. It's very like incestuous <laughs> in terms of like who gets what roles and stuff. What defines celebrity? Like, could this be like, <laughs> like, does it have to be like a nominee's person? Could it be like, it does you know, not, like... you do not have to be nominated. You you do not have to be even nominated for an award that year to have your child be the Golden Globe ambassador for that year. So like it... Jaleel White's son could be like, an, <laughs> wait, could be like an wait, ambassador. Wait, no, no, no. For, wait, well, don't, wait, why are you wait laughing? Are you, are you, <laughs> by laughing, are you implying that he's not a celebrity? I mean, he's no, done, no. he's done the work. Urkel yeah. from Family Matters. I, right. I just if you're to... about to say that Jaleel White is not worthy of the definition of celebrity, then we have another thing coming. I'm not I'm not saying anything negative about Jaleel White, but out of every possible celebrity that you could have thought of, the fact that Jaleel White came to the top of your mind, not even Alfonso Ribeiro. He's doing fine. He's on like dancing shows and stuff. I mean, Jaleel White, I haven't seen in a bit. He was on, uh, I don't know, he hosted some sci-fi show or something. The point is, he is deserving of the role. We don't have to be like, what about this other guy? It's like, no, what about Jaleel White? Why, what about Julia White? Why, why, you know, why are you, you know, trying to spin this? Can you give me, can you give me the celebrity who would be number two after Julia White in your book? If only I knew Laura's name from Family Matters in real life. I'm just trying to think. <laughs> Reginald Vell Johnson. Reginald Vell Johnson's grandson would be my number two. Which so would, you the want... gentleman who played Carl Winslow on Family Matters. If his grandson wants to do it. Not to get sidetracked in a show literally called Tangentia. Family Matters, is it the best or most successful spinoff in history. You know what's funny? It, that's hard to think about because I feel like the most successful spinoffs, when they're really successful, you forget they were spinoffs. And you, like Family yeah. Matters, obviously is one of them. But like, I have fun facts about Family Matters. Also, I know I know more than we I are not. We are not. We are not turning this into. We are not turning this into a Family Matters. Hey, this is episode one. Matters. We can make this a Family Matters podcast <laughs> if we want. This could be all about Family Matters. Each episode, we talk about a different episode. No, of family no, Matters. no, 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 no. I'm I'm gonna reel this back. I'm gonna <laughs> finish though by saying that I think arguably the Jeffersons and Frasier. I think Frasier is probably Ooh. the one of the most successful spinoffs because no one thinks of Frasier as yeah. the dude from Cheers. That's probably <laughs> as big. Yeah, that's definitely bigger than Family Matters, I would think. Um, yeah, those are all solid picks. <laughs> Family Matters is a big I, show. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just comparing them. I, I love you. Like have to be like, well, here's the thing. Like it <laughs> probably was bigger than probably. Family Matters. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. I was going to bring this back. We're bringing it back. The role of Golden Globe ambassador. It's a role that Larry David's daughter, Cassie David, once said, and I quote, she would rather die a violent death than be a Golden Globe ambassador. That kind of makes sense. I feel like Larry David is the type that doesn't even want to be in an award show. He doesn't show up. He doesn't like to be, like, be around people. So I could imagine his kid being like, it sounds. It sounds pretty. Mis- it sounds like a pretty miserable thing. This year is actually are going to be uh, Spike, Lee- Spike Lee's kids are going to be this year's Golden Globe ambassadors. My favorite thing about it is that it's a position that Spike Lee never heard of before his kids were picked. Do you think they like doing it? Do you think it's like, oh, I get to be part of like the fame that my parents have? Or do you think totally. their parents make it's, br- them- it's bring your It's bring your child to work day. I thought it might be a thing almost like where like you're forced to be like the ring bearer at like your your dad's <laughs> like second marriage or something. And it's like, I don't want to be part of this. And like, they just kind of force you to do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's like, you know, you get a little bit, I think it's like a little ego boost for these children who've lived, you know, a, a life truly of having to grind and work hard. 
because they were the the daughter or son of Pierce Brosnan, The Rock. It takes a lot of energy to to, to wake up and you know know <laughs> that that you're the son of James Bond or something, and you have nothing to contribute. So that's their that's well, their that's their contribution. At least their starting point. Let's now get to though to how you win and why it matters if you win. Okay. Because the question is, as as we said before, Golden Globes is one of the four that is it is it is not included in the four egots. So why does anyone even care about winning a Golden Globe? And for the individual, obviously, it's just awesome because you got an award. You're like, people love me. They really love me. But for the studios, the reason they love it is because of two main reasons. It's all involved into the marketing. But one, it usually helps your artsy movie make money. And two, it's usually a good indicator for the Oscars race. As I mentioned before, there's 8,500 people who vote for the Oscars, and most of those haven't seen the movies that they're voting for. And how do you make sure someone watches your movie, you say, hey, it already won a Golden Globe? It's just like a little notch on your belt, like, hey, this won a Golden Globe, so you should probably check it out. It's as much of a strategy as it is how good your movie is, because promotionally, it helps you. And at the end of the day, it just gets more money to the studios. As we as we started this whole thing off with, the Oscars were all just an attempt to make more money and crush the little guys and stop unionization. So why wouldn't the Golden Globes just be about getting more money, bringing all that in? That is a good point. I think the biggest point I have to say uh, from that or so far is that Saved by the Bell also was a great spinoff. You don't know that, but <laughs> it actually was. I just thought of it. I just uh, I looked it up on my phone. Saved by the Bell was a spinoff. So um, Good Morning, Miss Bliss was what it originally was. It was like a show um, with Haley Mills. I we're think we're editing this out. We're editing nah, this nah, out. We're keeping this in. This, this uh, Haley Mills. Haley Mills, I think. Is that her name? Am I just making up that name? She was the teacher and it was also about Miss Bliss and the teacher. And then like Zach Morris came in with his phone and coolness and they were like let's just make a show off him instead and then they gave her the boot that became saved by the bell and that that's a spin-off show do you remember about that for i'm ignoring you as you probably noticed the biggest the, the biggest controversies that have happened with the golden globes have been around who wins the biggest recent controversy that you might remember was when matt damon's the martian won best picture uh musical or comedy in 2015 I do remember that. I remember I remember hearing about that, and then I saw it, and I was like, he's got some wisecracks in here. Matt Damon, he's a funny <laughs> guy, but I didn't really think... There were no songs, so I didn't really think that fit the category. Well, as a comedy, its main competition was The Big Short and Trainwreck were the top two movies of that year. But as a drama, it would have had to go against The Revenant, Spotlight, Room, and Mad Max Fury Road. So if you're like... <laughs> If you don't have, if you don't have a good chance of winning, you could just put your movie in a different category where like you don't even qualify. Uh, basically, after that year, the the HFPA HIFPA, if you will, had to change its rules on what films were eligible as musical or comedy. And the actual rules now are: motion picture shall be entered in this category that best matches the overall tone and content of the motion picture. Thus, for examples, dramas with comedic overtones should be entered as dramas. That distinction was not made previously but prior to that it was basically the way of if i was nervous about if i wanted my movie to win because they were still going to go for the best picture oscar i want to get a best picture from the golden globe like going through the comedy route the comedy musical route is usually a bit easier than the drama route so that's why it was yeah that's why i said the big short and train wreck there was like four others but i don't even remember them they they were they were gonna lose against it but still that's why you can enter it the way that you think it's best for you to get an award did you say the martian won also did it win 
The Martian won. It was the best <laughs> comedy what? of 2015. Oh it, beat, my God. It, like, it, beat, it beat the big short and train wreck as the best comedy. I have no sense of humor, I guess. I didn't find it that hilarious. I don't know. I guess there's a there's a, a lot of people that find being deserted in space absolutely <laughs> uh, hilarious. You only have to convince 90 people, so it makes life a lot easier. That's true. That's true. Well, that Russian bodybuilder loves <laughs> he loves those crazy space comedies. The the issues go also the opposite way because the HIFPA or HIVA will yeah. bend its own rules to help out directors and actors that they like. So the rules for best foreign language film say at least 51% of the movie must be in a language other than English. Does that make sense? If you're going to go for best foreign language film, the way to determine best foreign language film is that over half the movie is in another language. Basically, so that way if you're in a movie where, you know, one character speaks Spanish for two lines... It's not foreign language. Basically to avoid that kind of scenario of like, well, we can go into best foreign language film because mm. someone said like adios. So it has to <laughs> So it has to be it has to be at least fifty percent not English. Yeah, or have a really good accent on that adios. Adios. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that works. <laughs> uh, here's the problem, though. Inglorious Bastards, which is 70% not in English, was nominated for Best Picture Ooh, and not that's... in the foreign language. So can you – I mean, did they get a cheat buy on that one then? Were they, did they just kind of like say like we're going to try to go where we well, want? Well, the Hollywood Foreign Press is a very big fan of Quentin Tarantino, and that is how they get around that rules. So usually it's that like – if they like you, again, it's 90 people. So the Illuminati thread, really the theme of this, has just been pulled the entire episode. But again, it works both ways. And lobbying for awards and nomination is very commonplace in Hollywood. So you've probably seen those four-year consideration things that you'll see where it's like the big either banners or sometimes ads. And it'll be like, you know, uh, I don't know, Watchmen for your consideration. And you'll see that in like a New York Times billboard. And they'll do – like that's a common practice is trying to kind of lobby, again, for an award. But you're marketing for an award. Studios will typically do little things. Like for the movie Big Fish, they sent every voter an apple pie. And it's like, watch Big Fish and, and that kind of stuff. What did the apple pie have to do with Big Fish? I don't know. I read that and I was wondering because I've seen Big Fish. Is Big Fish is the one with Ewan McGregor, by the way? Yeah. Is that the yep. apple yeah. pie? Yeah. Like the only movie I could think of where an apple pie would be good promotion material would be american pie but then even that yeah. i feel like you get it and like some people might be like oh somebody probably put their dick in this and like it's just it's not <laughs> i don't know it kind of backfires on you to me though like it's it's a commonplace piece the the whole kind of crux of it is that this is something that happens each year the problem is that when there's only 90 members and uh, you're a major hollywood studio with a bunch of money to dump it becomes way easier to convince your voting pool the most Probably notorious happened in 1982 where Pia Zadora won a Golden Globe in the New Star of the Year category, which, again, doesn't exist now, but, you know, it's one of those things they had in the 80s. It was the 80s. It was a weird time. But the reason it was controversial is because her multimillionaire husband flew members, don't really know how many, but flew members to his casino, the Riviera in Las Vegas, and invited some members to his house for a lunch and screening of the movie and basically... I don't want to say pay people off, but yeah, if you fly everyone to an all-expenses Las Vegas trip um, based off on the dime of someone whose wife is running for an award, I mean, it probably helps. It probably influences them a little bit. Yeah, that doesn't uh, it doesn't sound like it should be allowed in this type of thing, but yeah. <laughs> well, I think I, I give you that story to one-up it in 2011. 
Johnny Depp's sem- seminal classic, The Tourist, which has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> was nominated in the best musical and comedy category. I remember that was a big thing that that was there because apparently it was so bad. Did you see that movie? Uh, uh, no, I've, I really, I kind of stopped Johnny Depp movies post, I want to say like Pirates 3? No, no, I saw I saw At World's End. I don't even know which was that four or three. How many even are there? Ah, uh, man, there's like there's like six or seven. There's a lot. I only saw two pirates, and then I like I think I gave up after that. But yeah, twenty. You you didn't see best nominee twenty eleven best nominee the tourist. I mean it was yeah. it was nominated Leo. It was it was nominated. It was nominated. No, I didn't. I I just know I I know the infamy of how terrible of a movie it is. Mm. But the reason I told you the Pia Zadora story, which is you know I would say like that's like the T ball is because what they did for the tourists, the rumor is that Sony influenced voters with once again an all expenses paid trip to Las Vegas, but it culminated in a private concert with Cher. What? What does Cher have to do with this? I, I don't know. I, that is the part that I didn't understand is that like the private Cher concert was the kicker. Like, I, I don't like, you know, I don't know if it's well, you know what? You know what? You know what? We're talking about the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Cher has worldwide acclaim. People went ape shit for Cher. The tourist is nominated, right? They nominated. It already came out. Yep. It already is known to be bad. Yep. They're, from what you said before, usually the intent or potentially the intent is like, oh, we're going to pitch this so we maybe get an award here so then it maybe has better odds at the Oscars. Or marketing because a lot of these movies will re-release in theaters and get an extra bump from that that buy like i think of something like jojo rabbit was getting a lot of awards buzz it's a was a pretty small movie gets nominated for all these awards it goes back in theaters every time it's nominated gets an extra bump for people going to see the the movie again so or they, just, the first they just picked a shitty movie they had that didn't make enough money to see if to, they could get yes. an award so that yes. it would get that's that is insane. it that is it it was like it's like damn we lost a lot of money on this johnny Depp movie let's get it nominated for an award so we can make back some of our losses oh i would love to see that i would love for that to, i know how sketchy that sounds but i would love for that to be fully legal and see like i would love to have that award show just every year have one like total dog shit movie that they have to try <laughs> to convince is like best picture not only like a good film but like the best film Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. Yeah. No, I mean, the thing is, I love how crazy it is, this whole process, because the thing is, there's no downside. You're 90 members, and you're all anonymous. You can do whatever you want. People are bowing down to you. It really shows, like, the reason I love the Golden Globes is because there's no better award that shows the Hollywood power struggle or all the dark side of Hollywood in, like, (laughs) one single night. Like, it is literally millions of dollars and thousands of people trying to win over 90 anonymous people who hold all the power over them year after year after year i'm so fascinated by those 90 people i just imagine they all live together in like a commune and there's like a big like roundabout circle and in the middle there's a in the middle of the complex there's a fountain and it's just a giant golden globe (laughs) and it's like spouting water spouting out of the head and they bow to it at night and i'm very curious about those i mean the meetings must be batshit crazy because literally like i'm just imagining it's like this it's like the uh like stone cutters from like the simpsons like everyone has the crazy hat they put on uh everyone has a robe i mean robes would have to be mandatory like if they're not wearing fucking robes i would be livid you have to have every movie yeah they they need robes i imagine i think it's totally possible they don't even watch the movies they probably just figure (laughs) out like what they need so it's like oh this 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 month like we're short on like chicken so like we'll get like (laughs) sony really has a you know i don't know 
they have a, they have a chicken farm. They, <laughs> they could give us they, something. They do their shopping. <laughs> they just get their yeah. They just they just they just pick the movie who will give them the most things that they need that month. It's you know they went out to the store. They got milk. They got bread, and they're like, shit, I forgot eggs. Hey Sony, yeah, I forgot to get eggs. <laughs> Sony you... has stock in Costco, and we need some. Yeah, we need like giant like bulk egg whites and almond milk, please. Yeah, I mean, also if I ended this telling you I was one of the ninety members, oh how? My God. Listen, I, that... I couldn't tell you because now we're about to get into the dark part of the story. <laughs> okay, the dark part? That seemed pretty fucked up, like strange already, but oh, I'm excited. Yeah, okay. L- listen, listen to that turn. You know, if there's if there's ominous music, can yeah. you, you can put some ominous music We for... need some ominous music here. We, yeah, well, what they don't see is Leo's eyes just turned red and like the light behind him <laughs> darkened, which, which made me very nervous because I'm talking to him. But yeah, do tell. Okay, so studios go to crazy lengths to make sure they can stay in good graces with the HFPA and their voters. As we said, we don't know who the 90 members are, but the studios do. And the studios have immense... The, the HFPA has immense pressure over the studios. Brendan Fraser said in an interview to GQ that he believes his accusation of sexual assault against another former HFPA president and current member led the organization to blacklist him, obliterating his once thriving career. Oh my God, that's crazy. And uh, I mean, he did disappear at some point, so. Yeah, so it was HFPA president Philip Burke who denied the allegations. And it's a crazy story. It's a GQ article. It's it's honestly insane about like, uh, yeah, so he, he said kind of what happened and basically it's true. All that we know is that Brendan Fraser was like on top of the world and then one day he vanished and no one really knew why no studio would hire him but the hfpa president again the guy who runs the entire hollywood foreign press denied the allegation mr burke will once wrote in his 2014 memoir that the suicide of a hollywood foreign press association member with whom he had conflict reinforced my belief that anyone who tries to harm me comes to an untimely end whoa this guy literally said after someone else committed suicide it reinforced my belief that anyone who tries to harm me comes to an untimely end that uh, should he be in jail like isn't that him like documented saying that he i said shit was about to get dark he he just (laughs) he basically was like that proves to me that when i tell someone to kill somebody it happens and this shows the power and this is why the Golden Globes encapsulate all that is like ominous and dark in Hollywood and all the forces that, you know, remember we were joking and laughing about Cher about five minutes ago? Yeah, I'm, now I'm terrified. Now I have nightmares. Yeah. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. The New York Times reported that in reference to Mr. Fraser's career decline, they asked Mr. Burke and he added, there's that theory of mine again. What? Is, he, is this person alive? Is he? Is, they're just still actively. Not, they're not in jail. I, I guess. It's, nope. It's, 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 wow, that is nope. kind of scary. He he did. He was uh, basically what ended up actually happening is that he was larger accused uh, and by more people. And there's a whole bigger thing. But again, it just is to show this is the whole problem when you have this award show that everyone like loves we see every year it's it's owned by these 90 shady people who all the studios bow down to and everyone thinks oh it's just uh you know another dumb award show we're gonna see some jokes get some awards and this is the shit that goes on this is dark yeah this This is is dark I don't know what to say. That's like that's pretty. That's pretty scary, kind of. Um, I, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. I had no idea about that. Would it like? 
when and when that was so brendan fraser was in i guess it was like early 2000s right so it was yeah the golden yeah. globes has a grip on society it sounds like it it does the golden globes might not get you an egot but it controls way more than you think so um really the the ultimate question that i have for you right now is uh you're gonna watch this year uh yeah i'll probably watch i'm curious to see who wins <laughs> um <laughs> Better Call Saul, also a good spinoff. Great. Breaking Bad, you had. I just, yeah, that's a good one we didn't talk about before. Um, yeah, that's solid. That's that's what well, I have to say about that, honestly. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you did. And that really wraps up everything that you need to know about the Golden Globes. Because honestly, after you know now, every kind of person who wins, is uh, there's an asterisk next to it. I know, uh, yeah, the things I learned today were that, uh, you know, the Golden Globes are a lot, have a complex and uh, controversial path. But more importantly, that I have a sense of humor that doesn't match uh, the nation because they really enjoy <laughs> The Martian. Uh, they thought it was hilarious. They really liked the tourists, And you're stuck, you're stuck in 1996 with Jaleel White. I, I, I wouldn't mind it at all, I'll tell you that. So if I had a time machine, <laughs> oh boy. I wouldn't mind it. Um, what a fun house that was. But uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's super sketchy, and um, I'm glad to have learned this information. I feel refreshed. I feel different, and uh, I feel educated in a weird way. I feel, I feel, you know, wow. I feel, I, I feel like I, I mean, know, I, if... I, next time I go to a party and there's a conversation about <laughs> award controversy, I will be able to chime in. You finally. are, you are set. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that, and uh, thank you to everyone listening. Thank you for listening to the first episode. The the most important and helpful thing for us is to drop us a review um and here's the thing brass tax you know what i'm brass fuck brass gold tax platinum tax right here man we couldn't even get to just the please give us a review all right so what's important? give Give us us a review review five star if you don't know what to write uh write whatever you want tell us your favorite 90s show tell us whether you think jaleel white is as important as jason believes that he is and i really think that alfonso ribeiro is the one who owns the 90s sitcom best friend sidekick role not saying alfonso's a bad guy just saying that maybe jaleel needs a little more love in terms of getting his family golden globe ambassador role Steve Urkel didn't fly until Stefan Urkel came into the picture, mm. and Carlton soared from the start. Well, Carlton only had one personality. Steve Urkel, as a character, <laughs> had two. He was doing double duty in terms of acting. There's a lot to account for there. Let us know your thoughts on the reviews <laughs> with a five star. And thank you so much for listening to Tangentia. Come back next week. We'll cover a different topic. It might be entertainment. It might be sports. It might be movies. Who the hell knows? But it'll be something that we go on tangents about. It'll maybe be eventually a white. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs>